beaten, broken, bloody. His crime, love. He had done no wrong. He had committed no transgression, not even an unkind word. Yet there came, dying for the sins of others, given his life a ransom for many. Come with us to the cross. Come with us to the cross. Look upon Jesus.
a child us that he had accomplished his father's wish. The one who knew no sin became sin for us. From a borrowed cross to a borrowed sugar he went, sealed and guarded, thought to be defeated, his body is laid to rest, or so they thought. Well, thankfully, this is not the end of the story. The Savior would arise, defeating forever death, hell, and the grave. Rejoice, dear one. We serve a risen Savior. Hallelujah.
of the year for the Christians, the day that we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is a day of celebration, jubilation, and worship. How can we help but praise Him when we gaze upon His beautiful love for us? Our minds can't comprehend it and our hearts can't contain it. But the best we know how, we worship Him. We adore Him. We sing for Him. And we look for Him. Even so, come, Lord Jesus.
Thank you so much, choir. I'm so blessed by your ministry today as I was sitting there on the front row singing along some and just worshiping the Lord. Thank you for the focus and great truth that you've shared with us today. If you'll open your Bibles this morning, please, to Luke chapter 24, Luke chapter 24, and uh, we'll be in the Gospel of Luke to begin things. We'll also be in the Gospel of John, we'll be in the Gospel of uh, Matthew, I believe, and also in the book of Acts. And so we'll be moving around a little bit today, uh, but we're going to begin there in Luke chapter 24, and I'll have you actually stand and read with me in just a moment. But I wanted to mention to you that failing to remember things can cause you trouble. You realize that failing to remember things can cause you trouble. Have you ever experienced that? You forget to return that important telephone call. Uh, you forget about that important meeting at work. You forget to pay that bill. Uh, boys and girls, teenagers, you forget to do your homework. Uh, you forget to study for that test. In fact, I saw in the news this past week about a man right in our backyard in Concord who got arrested for not returning a VHS tape that he rented. Did y'all see that in the news? Anybody? Now, those that are young and hear VHS cassette, you may not know what that is, but think DVD, okay? He rented back in the olden days. You didn't stream it and you didn't get it online. You went to a store and you walked in and you looked and you selected the actual tape. And you took it on. Well, this man rented a tape years ago, and he was driving his daughter to school, and he got pulled over for a taillight that was out. And uh, James Meyer said the officer, it's right here in Concord, the officer ran his license, and approximately 25 minutes later, let me just tell you, if it takes 25 minutes to run your license, you're already in trouble, okay? (laughs) He came back to the car and asked him to step out of the vehicle. If they ask you to step out of the vehicle, you're really in trouble. And here's what he said, and I quote, the officer said, I don't know how to tell you this, but there is a warrant out for your arrest from 2002. Apparently you rented the movie and he named the movie and never returned it. I thought he was joking, end quote, said Myers. No joke. He was arrested for not returning. Uh, a VHS tape. Now, some of you are not laughing because you're sweating because you still have VHS tapes at your house that you rented and never returned. But forgetting things can cause you trouble, needless trouble, harm and headache. That's true now. But it's also it was also true back in the days of Jesus. And it was true the day uh, when Jesus was crucified. Now, you've been sitting a while and you are uh, blessed and you're warm and you're well fed and you've been blessed by this choir. But I want to ask you if you would, let's stand together today and read the word of God out loud together. I have it on the screen before you so we can all be on the same page. I know you carry different translations. We're going to read it here from the New King James uh, together. We'll read verses 1 through 8 and then we'll have prayer and then you may be seated. But let's read it together out loud together. You ready? Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, 
The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again, and they remembered his words. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the truth that we find in your word. Thank you for Jesus, the resurrection and the life. Bless this message to our hearts. Help us to respond in obedience, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus told them plainly what was going to happen. Uh, He spelled it out for them, uh, but they forgot. Or maybe they were so distracted and busy or whatever, they never really heard the words that he spoke. If you look back there in the passage that we just read, uh, if you look in verse 5, it says, As they went, they were afraid and bowed their heads. And the angel said, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Verse 6, He is not here, but is risen. Remember. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered to the hands of sinful men. That's his his, uh, betrayal, his uh, trial, be crucified, his crucifixion, and the third day rise again, his resurrection. Jesus told them these things. And verse 8 says, And they remembered his words. Now, I got to thinking about this uh, this past week. Imagine how differently all of their lives would have been. During the time of Jesus' arrest and his trial and his crucifixion and burial, how different would their lives have been had they remembered his words? But of course, we can't find much fault with them, can we? Aren't we guilty of the very same thing? How many times do we forget the words of the Lord Jesus Christ? How many times are we busy and distracted that we really don't hear them to begin with? So on this Easter Sunday, I want to remind us all of what Jesus said to remind us of some of the precious promises that we find in the word of God that he's given to us. Now, you know, I hope that the Bible is the word of God. It's true from cover to cover. It's inspired. It's inerrant. It's authoritative. It's infallible. It is the very word of God. And today we're not only reading the word of God. We're going to look at the very words that Jesus spoke while he was upon the earth. Uh, We could call them quotes from Jesus, if you will. If you've got a red letter Bible, what we're going to study today from Jesus, these are the words that he spoke. The red letter words in your Bible, the things that he spoke while he was living here upon the earth. And I must confess, what we're going to study this morning is going to be familiar to you. If you've been in church any amount of time, if you grew up in a Bible teaching, Bible preaching church, you're going to recognize these verses. But listen, let me warn you, don't let the familiarity of these verses rob you of a blessing. I want you to remember his words. I want to remind you of some precious promises. Why? Well, don't forget. Don't forget this. When we forget, it can bring needless heartache and sorrow and hardship to our lives. So I want us to remember his words today. So let me share with you several things as we jump in today. And uh, we're going to talk about the words of Jesus. First of all, I want you to, to realize and remember that Jesus promised to save us. Jesus promised to save us. Now, I want you to listen to the words of Jesus. I'm sure you know these words. Uh, they're the most, probably the most familiar verse in all the Bible. John 3.16. These are the words of Jesus. These are the words that he spoke out of his mouth. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, please note the simplicity of the gospel here. Jesus accomplished all that is needed to give you eternal life. But there's one condition. You must believe. 
You must believe. You must believe in him. Not just believe that there was a man named Jesus. Not just believe that he was a good man. Not believe he was a prophet or not believe he was a miracle worker. But you must believe in him. That is, trust him. Depend upon him and him alone to save you from your sin. You see, because of what he did on the cross, because he arose again, anyone that believes on him will have everlasting, eternal life. Brett Blair, I was reading this past week, said in a church marketing newsletter just a few years ago. Now, listen to this. A campaign was suggested to attract people to church during the season of Easter. You know, Easter is a big time for new people to come to church and people are interested in things. They may come on Easter. Well, this was a marketing campaign. Now, listen to what it said. In this public relations campaign, it was suggested the cross be removed from the altar. According to the author, a survey has revealed the cross is one of those symbols the new generation of churchgoers considered too churchy. One pastor interviewed for the campaign gave his wholehearted endorsement, and I quote, here's what this pastor said, quote, we're going to attempt to concentrate on the resurrection and not the death of Jesus, end quote. And Brett Blair said, Easter without the cross, is it possible to have resurrection without crucifixion? No! It distorts the entire gospel if crucifixion is separated from resurrection. The road to the empty tomb will forever pass by a cross. Let me say that again. The road to an empty tomb will forever pass by a cross. He said Easter without a cross is a hoax. He's right. Easter without a cross is a hoax. If you're going to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got to come By way of the cross. They sang about it this morning. Come to the cross. The only way to be saved is to come to the cross. There's no other way to be saved. There's no other way to God. No other way to heaven. No other way to avoid condemnation. No other way to avoid hell. But through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I ask you today, friend. Have you been to the cross? And you must come personally. No one can come for you. You must come personally to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the only way to heaven. You know, this time of the year, there are a lot of Easter egg hunts. And uh, we had one here this past Wednesday. It was a great Easter egg hunt. And thank you to all those who worked so hard to put that event on. But if you're going to participate in an Easter egg hunt, you need something. If you're going to participate, you need something to put your eggs in. And so some kids, they bring a bucket. And some overachieving parents, they, their kids bring a Walmart bag. There's nothing wrong with that, uh, by the way. In fact, I was looking around for a Walmart bag. I was handing my kids to bring over. My wife had already gotten something. And then some parents, they go all out. They have embroidered baskets and then they, they go. But you got to bring something, right? you got to bring something to gather up the eggs and, and, and to get the eggs in, get all the candy. I even heard there was money in the eggs, some of the eggs. Did you all know that? I, I'm participating next year. I'm bringing a bag. I'm going to go look for eggs. But you ever heard the saying, you ever heard the saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket? You heard that's good counsel in a lot of ways, isn't it? If you're making investments, don't put all your eggs in one basket. If you don't, but you know what? That's good advice in a lot of areas of life. But, it, but, but, but when it comes to your eternal destiny, you better put all your eggs in one basket. The cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one way. To heaven. There's only one way that you're going to get to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ and his cross. Here's what Jesus said in John 14, 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, the Bible is clear that all have sinned. All of us. 
The Bible is clear that none of us can save ourselves. And Jesus is the only way to heaven. And so I ask you today, friend, do you know him? Have you come to the cross? If not, I encourage you to come today to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you've come to the cross, if if you've already received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to remind you of something else. We said that Jesus promised to save us. But here's another encouraging word today. Jesus promised to be with us. Jesus promised to be with us. Now, we're going to look at another familiar passage. And I'll be honest, when we go to this passage, a lot of times we focus on the first part of the passage and we just kind of ramble through the end of the passage. Today, I want to kind of flip it a little bit. I want us to kind of look at the first part of the passage and then focus on the second part of the passage. You know the passage. If you're a Southern Baptist, if you're a Baptist, you grew up in church, you know the passage probably when I say Great Commission. If you're new to church, that's okay. I'm going to share with you the Great Commission. It's not about making money, by the way. It's not that kind of commission. When the Southern Baptists were trying to decide on an alternative name, because, you know, we have churches in the north and churches in the west and so forth. They came up with the idea of Great Commission Baptists, I think is what they called themselves. I believe that's what it was. And I read an article. Someone misunderstood that or saying, what is this all about? Is this people trying to get money? No, it's not about getting money. It's the commission. It's what we've been given to do. Now, you know it in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. We usually focus on the first part of the passage. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And here's where we really put the focus. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And that's fine. We're to do that. That's the commission. But a lot of times we stop there and say, OK, we got to go. We got to make disciples. We got to baptize. And all that's right. But we miss the last part. And lo, I am with you, how long? Always. Even to the end of the age. Amen. Jesus promised to be with us while you're out making disciples. While you're out baptizing people in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. He's with us. Um, That's glorious news, isn't it? Jesus promised to be with us. That's encouraging news. That's good news. We say, wait a minute, preacher. I mean, I know I'm kind of tired. It's early morning. But but how in the world Jesus ascended back to heaven? Um, We've never seen Jesus with our own physical eyes. Um, How is it he can say to us and promise to be with us? How can you say that today? Well, first of all, remember, I'm not the one who said originally Jesus said, I'm with you always to the end of the earth. We could talk about the fact that Jesus is God and as God, God is omnipresent. But I want you to look specifically at what Jesus said, because Jesus says, listen, I want you to go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, forever. I'm with you. I I promise to be with you. Look at how Jesus describes how that all works out. Look at John 14, 16 through 18. Jesus is speaking again. He says, I will pray the father and he will give you another helper. That he may abide with you. How long? Forever. The spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he what dwells in you and will be in you. He dwells with you and will be in you. And then look at what he says in verse 18. 
Jesus says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And so what Jesus is saying to his disciples there, what he says to us today is, listen, I am going to give you my precious Holy Spirit who will dwell with you and will dwell in you. The Holy Spirit of God, the third member of the Trinity. The Bible teaches he indwells. He takes up residence in every child of God. Every believer is indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. In fact, the Bible says if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not a child of God. You're not saved. If you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit of God in you. Now, here's something interesting. He gives us his precious Holy Spirit. Now, the opening passage that we read, what was the problem? They forgot, right? They forgot that Jesus had told them. I'm going to be delivered over to sinful men. I'm going to die. I'm going to rise again. They forgot about that. Now, here's what's interesting. He's just promised us his Holy Spirit. Now, notice what he says. Same passage, John 14. Now, look at verse 25 and 26. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. And he was there face to face teaching them. But I want you to notice verse 26. But the helper. You say, who's the helper? Here's the answer. But the helper... The Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, whom the father will send in my name. Lo, I am with you always. He's sending the helper in my name. Notice what he says he's going to do. He will teach you all things. What's the next part? And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. They needed the Holy Spirit back then. To remember the words of Jesus and to understand Jesus's words, to teach us and understand. And we need the same thing. We need the Holy Spirit of God. So, beloved, we're not alone. We're never alone. Listen, child of God, Christian, even when there's nobody else around you and you're all alone, you're not alone. Jesus has promised to be with us. He's promised to save us. But there's a third thing. And we're almost done. Some of you are ready for a nap. Some of you are napping right now. (laughs) So wake up. I don't want you to miss this last part. Jesus promised to save us. Jesus promised to be with us. Now, I don't want you to miss this. Jesus promised to come get us. He promised to come get us. Now, we're going to go. We're still in John 14 now. We're going to back up to the beginning of John 14. Familiar words. Verses 1 through 3. These are the words of Jesus. Let not your heart be troubled. You got a troubled heart today? Worried, fretful, anxious. We talked about hope this morning in our adult classes. How much we need hope. Jesus gives hope. Jesus is hope. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you. Remember the next part. I will come again and receive you unto myself. Why? That where I am, there you may be also. Jesus promised to come get us. Now, you know, if you read the story and you follow the timeline here, the resurrected Jesus was upon the earth for some time. But there came a day when he was going to ascend back up into heaven. And the scripture tells us about it in Acts chapter one. In fact, let me show it to you. Acts chapter one, verses nine through eleven. Encouraging words here. Now, when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up 
and a cloud received them out of their sight. What an amazing thing. You know, a lot of times we see that in a dramatic play or in a, in a, a Christian play. You've seen they have the Jesus hooked to cables and he begins to rise there. But he didn't need any cables. He began to rise and a cloud received him into sight. And what's interesting, it says in verse 10, And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Of course, we know those were angels. Imagine you're sitting there and we'd be doing the same thing, just amazed that Jesus Christ, he just ascended and we're there. There's our precious Lord. And he just went up and we're looking there. And all of a sudden beside us are these angels. And they said in verse 11, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, this same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. In other words, the same Jesus you saw that went up, he's coming back. And Jesus has promised to come and get us. That's a precious promise, beloved. And John tells us what? He's coming to get us so we can be where he is. Hallelujah. That's good news, beloved. That's good, good news. Do you see why we're so happy on Easter? See why we're so uh, celebrating so much and, and, and joyful? Maybe you're here. Maybe you haven't been to Easter service or maybe it's been a while. Say, why are you all so happy? Because this is good news. Jesus Christ is alive. A father took his little boy to a pet store uh, to pick out a puppy for his birthday present. Let me just warn you. Don't take your child to the pet store to buy a puppy unless you plan on buying a puppy. Okay. You're going to buy a puppy. But he took this. He had it planned out. He's going to buy a puppy for his birthday present. So for half an hour, he looked at all the assortment of the puppies in the window. And his daddy said, did you decide which one you want? And the little boy said, yes. There was one there that was just enthusiastically wagging his tail. You know, this little puppy's wagging his tail. And the little boy says, you know, what? I want that one. I want the one with the happy ending. <laughs> Beloved, listen, I know there's a lot of sadness in our world. There's a lot of sorrow. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of grief. Sometimes it seems as the tears are going to flow forever and our hearts are going to literally break in two. But I'm here to tell you, beloved, there's a happy ending. There's a happy ending. Jesus is alive forevermore. And he's promised to save us. If we'll believe on him and he's promised to be with us always, forever to the end of the age. And he's promised to come and get us that where he is, we may be also the grave is empty. Death is defeated. The devil is doomed and heaven awaits. Don't forget these precious promises. Jesus promised to save us, to be with us and come and get us to those who believe on him. These are precious promises. I could have put it another way. When you think about it, Jesus has promised us hope. He's promised us help. And he's promised us the home. That's what he's promised us. Hope, help, and a home. And boy, don't we need those things? We need hope. And we need help. And we need a home. But these are only available to those who receive him as Lord and Savior. Now, I want to ask you, have you done that, sir? Have you done that, ma'am? Young person, have you done that? Have you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Remember what he said. I will save you. I I will be with you. I I will come and get you. But you must respond in faith. See, it's not enough just to hear. You've got to respond. 
And so I want to give you three thoughts as we close our reaction to all this. How should we respond to all this? How should we react to this good news? Well, first of all, we should rejoice today. Why? Because Jesus is alive forevermore. Secondly, we should remember these precious promises. Because our world is a hurting place and we have a lot of hurt and heartache that comes in our life. We need to remember these precious promises, the words of Jesus. Remember them in the midst of all that. Remember. He says, listen, I'm, I'm going to say I saved you and, and I'm with you and I'm going to come get you. This is not all there is. There, there's a happy ending awaiting. And finally, we need to respond to the Holy Spirit's working in our life. And today, if you're here, and you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to invite you to respond. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to simply sing a closing hymn. And while we're singing, I'm going to be down front. If you need to be saved today, you just step out where you are, come down and I welcome you here. And I'll place you with someone who would take a Bible or I'll take a Bible and share Christ with you and lead you where to the cross. Because that's the only place where we can find this hope and this help and the savior at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then for those of you who have already received the Lord Jesus, I want you to know the altar is open for you today. Maybe you're struggling. We just read the word to Jesus. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. This is not all there is. And he's with you. His presence is with you. You don't have to face these struggles and trials alone. He says, lo, I'm with you always. There's never a time I'm not with you. I'm with you to the end of the age. Why? Because he's coming back to get us. We can be with him forever there, literally in heaven. And so you respond today as the Lord leads you as we sing. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these precious promises. Lord Jesus, thank you for these precious words you've given to us today. Now, I pray that you'd work in hearts and lives. Do that work that only you can do. I can't do anything. I can't save anybody, Lord, but you can save anybody who would come in faith. You can save everybody who would come in faith. So, Father, I pray that you bring some out of darkness into light today. And then I pray for my precious brothers and sisters who maybe are carrying heavy burdens today and struggling. And, Lord, that you would help them to realize that they are not alone, that you're with them and you're coming to get them. That there is hope and there is help and there's a home awaiting them. So, Lord, you work in this invitation for your honor and your glory. And we'll be sure you get all of it now in Jesus name. Amen. Our closing hymn is 159. Christ the Lord is risen today. And again, the invitation, I hope, is clear. If you need to be saved, come meet me. If you want to just come and pray today, you know Christ. You come, the altar's open. I'll be down here at the front. And you come as we sing. Christ the Lord is risen today. 159. Let's stand together and sing.